0: Welcome to the mailbag for round 19. My name is Damo and I called him my sidekick last week. He's more than that though. Sorry for relegating you, (laughs) Clarky. Is
1: it self-deprecating that I'm the sidekick in my own fantasy? Um, Yeah, no, thank you. I, I I appreciate the call up. Um... No, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, Melbourne, back on the winners list. Very good. I had a very decent score in Supercoach last week. Not amazing, but decent. I was very happy with my uh, just under 2,500, 24,98. Um, very happy with that. That's a, a decent result for me. So it means I can probably keep my dignity at the end of the season.
0: I probably would have had a better score if I had kept my vice captaincy on Marcus Bontempelli. But in true true lucky fashion as I have been having this year I moved it at the last minute to Jack McRae and of course Marcus Bontempelli scored about 40 points just by breathing
1: he he was just absolutely on fire that like that that's that's a bont score like a 181 out of absolutely nowhere is there is nothing more Bontempelli than that super coach score
0: yeah, if I if I had managed to keep my vice-captaincy on him, I can guarantee he would not have scored 181 and we would have all been swearing and hating that Luke Beveridge has such a stacked midfield.
1: <laughs> I uh, I went with the Laird captain option uh, that we discussed last week, which worked out very serviceably as well. 154 from good old reliable Rory Laird, who I know that we've... Uh, kind of been talking a little bit about the future in the last few podcasts. I think Rory Laird might have to be one of my first picks next year.
0: Oh Just... yeah. His, his consistency is outstanding. And I think he, a lot of people wanted to start him last year, but because of his hand injury that he had to start the season, there wasn't like, you couldn't start an injured player to start the season. Oh, absolutely. So as long as he stays fit and is available for round one next year, I can imagine him starts in a starting in a lot of teams, perhaps even over someone like a Jack McRae, who has tapered off a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. But enough talking about the past demo.
0: I know that you've gathered the lovely questions from Twitter. I have gathered the questions. Just before we get onto that, though, big shout out to community member... Who's just ended the top 10 this week? Tyler. He was on the podcast earlier in the week with Lek Dog and Pat. Check it out. Available on our website and everywhere else good podcasts live. He also made a. Anyway, now, Clarky, we will now get to those questions that you alluded to before. Um, yes. The first great one. Back, Tyler. The first one comes from Corey Blackledge. Corey, thank you for asking a question almost every week this season. We ha- it's been great. You asked it's- some really good questions as well. So, thank you. We love you. His question is, who should he trade out for Supercoach finals? Patrick Cripps, due to his popularity. So, give it, so, in other words, to trade in a point of difference. Or Liam Baker, who is underperforming. He only has two trades left. So, he's probably only wanting to trade Ooh. one of them. Yeah. Clarkey and I were discussing this question before the podcast recording began. And I think we've both agreed to, that you need to trade out Liam Baker because obviously he's losing a lot of cash already. You'd probably want to trade him now before he loses any more. Be, everyone has Crips. So if he scores 84, your opponent's going to score 84. There's no There's no damage there. But if you have Liam Baker and he has Chad Warner, let's say, for example, Liam Baker could score a 40 and Chad Warner is probably more likely to score a 100. So you want to move your Liam Baker at 470k to someone who is likely to have a nice run of form on the run home. And I see Liam Baker is about 470k and guess who else is about 470k, Clarkie? It's Chad Warner. It's Rowan Marshall. <laughs> with no Paddy Ryder in that Saints side for possibly the rest of the season, Rowan Marshall is going to be the top averaging Ruckman for the final rounds of the season. Ooh. So not for the season, obviously, because he's had a pretty poor year up to this point, having to share the duties with Ryder. But yep. in these last few weeks, I can imagine him averaging 10510 on the run home.
1: Is this uh, another Nostradamus
0: moment? Well, considering after Ryder went off at three-quarter time or or whatever it was against the Bulldogs, and then he scored basically 40 points, not really doing a lot, just being the main man in the ruck for St. Kilda, I feel like there's every chance that he could pull out some monster scores on the run home. He comes up against possibly... A ruckmanless West Coast this week as well, because there's no Callum Jameson who who's out with a groin injury, and who knows what's happening with with Nick Natanui, His knee is possibly going to keep him out for two to three weeks.
1: His his knee just he, he needs to replace
0: the whole leg. Just this, this is the opposite knee.
1: Oh God! Oh no! Oh no! Um. I think, look, I think you're right with Royal Marshall. It's kind of the, um, the Luke Jackson dilemma um, where it's, there's when there's somebody obviously so skilled that you have to play second fiddle to once they're gone, then it's like the limiters are off, baby. Um, it, it's the potential that you're talking about there. I think um, weirdly to, to go back to the, the question, you and I came to the same conclusion for different reasons. Uh, my other reasoning was that Patrick Cripps also has a much higher ceiling. Um, so there's re- it's reasonable
0: that if everybody else has him as well and he scores well, then that's great. Um, and, and one thing that Dog and Tyler discussed on the podcast earlier in the week as well was with Mark Pitney coming back, Patrick Cripps won't have to attend Ruck contests as that support for Tom DeConing. So there is every chance that Cripps starts to score like he did in the first few rounds of the season again. And... It's not going to be like 120, 130s like he was, but there's, but you could reasonably expect scores in the ninety-five to hundred and ten range most weeks as long as Mark Pitney is returning this week.
1: And you take those, hundred percent. You those.
0: would take those. You you would take those. But I'm with you, Demo. Uh, Liam Baker to Rowan Marshall, make it happen. Andrews got the next question. He's got five trades left and he's coming second in his league only by percentage. He wants to know if he should go for a percentage boosting win this week and use two trades to get the first week of finals off. So that's a tough one because, okay, so there's a few
1: different things that could probably play in here. How much is the percentage difference? I would say if it's... You know, within within a couple of percent, and it's a hundred percent reasonable for you to jump ahead. Then the risk is definitely, like the risk and reward is definitely there. The other question is, who's who's his opponent? If your your opponent's playing a dud this week, um, that's it's it's gonna be you know you want to make sure that that gaps as small as possible. You've probably already looked at the matchups, which is why you're asking the question. Honestly, I'd go for it.
0: I mean, he's left out a few details here. Who is he trading out? Who is he trading in? Who is he up against? Is he up against this person in first in this final round before the finals begin? Is Has he got the, that luxury to have a look at his team before he does the trades? Is that something that he's got? He's left a few details out, but if he can ensure that he gets a percentage boosting win this week and his opponent isn't going to have one as well, then I don't see why he shouldn't. And having only three trades left for the rest of the season is probably more than a lot of other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you've also got the you've still got the trade cover left over as well to set yourself up for those finals rounds. Um and to cover any eventualities that come over having that week off. So I think the week off and the preparation time that it gives you as well in the run up is definitely worth worth that risk to you just got to you got to really be sure about those ones that you're bringing in especially when you're playing for the percentage boost
0: so yes i would use those two trades andrew to get the percentage boosting win next question comes from tim best trade for crips not crisp crips if you could have any player Oh, any player you say. That's should we assume that he has all the popular players? Because obviously, Clayton Oliver is the one you want if you don't have him. Yep. Um, Rory Laird, as we said, Bontem Pelly, you probably want.
1: Uh, I think Sam Walsh is slowly putting together a better
0: back end of the season. Christian uh, Petrarca has found a bit of form recently as well.
1: I think he um, he also benefited from Oliver not playing. Um, so that might be uh, Andy Brayshaw. Uh, moving on.
0: <laughs> it's... We don't have a question about this, but, I, but I'll just say it anyway. It feels like ever since Nat Fife returned to the Freo side, either Brayshaw, Brady, or Fife has to have an average week. Fife hasn't had a great week since he returned anyway, but I feel like it's one will have a decent week, one will have an okay week, and one will have a bad week. Fife's sort of been on the end of the bad weeks, and it's sort of been Brayshaw or Brody who has the better week, but Andrew Brayshaw did quite well to come out with a 96 after being on one point after quarter time last week.
1: Yeah, honestly, the 96 was a a blessing, (laughs) really. Um, Anyway,
0: best trade for Crips if you can have any player? I probably
1: got to go with Marcus Bontempelli. The dogs are looking to make a run home, and I think he's going to be very bont about it.
0: I agree with Bontempelli. The other player that I would put into your thinking as well, Tim, is... Jack Steele hasn't entered a lot of teams since he returned from injury. But you know you're going to get a score around 115 every single week, most weeks. And he's not in a lot of teams, so it gives you a point of difference as well. And they're playing West Coast this week. And they're playing West Coast this week, and I believe North Melbourne the week after.
1: Ooh, it's going to, be, going to be a
0: close one. Could be wrong there with North Melbourne, actually. But that's not... That doesn't matter. Uh, so those were all the questions posed to us over Twitter. Clarkie, you're in charge of the mailbag this week. How many questions have we had come through? We got
1: two great emails uh, coming through the inbox this week. Uh, we'll start with the first one from Mitchell. Uh, Thank you, Mitchell, for your question. We appreciate you. Uh, He wants to know, is Chad Warner the real deal?
0: I so hope so. I mean, it tore me to pieces watching him absolutely explode against Fremantle because obviously I wanted Fremantle to win and they didn't. (laughs) But God, he looked good. And it didn't matter who went to him in the in the Fremantle side. Even Andrew Brayshaw spent time on him to see if he could slow, slow him down. But he was just walking through players and just, he was going bananas. He absolutely was playing with a level of confidence that he was already a confident player. But this, his confidence levels just went through the roof. And I don't know if it's because his because his family was there because he's a WA boy. I don't know if I don't know if he had unknown a, a couple of Allen snakes in 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 the room at, at half time. But after, but he just had an incredible game against Fremantle. And if you've got trades left, o- enough trades left over, more than one trade, and you can bring in Chad Chad Warner, his break even is sixty two. So you, so you'll make a bit of money even if you do have to hop a bit from him.
1: I, I saw the gears working as you uh, decided in the moment whether or not you were going to recommend the trade. Uh, I saw those big baby blues working, and, and you know what? i it's this is the thing about Sydney. There are so many really good, talented young Sydney players. Chad Warner is just the first, I think, to really explode super coach wise i don't know if he's going to be the real deal this year but he is somebody i watch with keen interest next year in the same vein as guys like errol Golden is another one from sydney that i absolutely love watching play he's only going to get better i think if you can afford it i'm with you damo mostly because we're at the risk at end of the season uh he could, he could just be a cheeky little point of difference. If you need to make up a few points and you've got someone who's underperforming, you've got some trades left, there's, there's an option.
0: He's had nine scores above 91 since round six. So that's only three oh. scores below 90 since round six.
1: Yeah, he's the real deal he's he's worth it. He but, is
0: and he's someone that people will probably look to start in their teams next year as well, hoping that this breakout can continue. So, Mitchell, depending on your position, I think we've we've covered it off quite nicely. I've already got a name for it. Go on. The Chad War Explosion. <laughs> and um, ladies and gentlemen, that's the title of this podcast. <laughs>
1: So, we'll move on to our other piece of mail. Uh, on that bombshell, on that sorry, on that worn explosion. Um, Josh, thank you for your email. Uh, now demo. Josh has a would you rather for us. Um, so does they would love to get our opinions. He has two trades left, ninety-seven k in the bank, and he's got Peter Wright on his bench. So he wants to know option A. Should he downgrade where and use the money to upgrade an on field underperforming premium, such as Crisp, Short, or Crips, given that the downgrade would let him go to any player of his choice, maximizing on field points but limited cover? Or option B, he downgrades Maurice Rioli to a 102k rookie and upgrades where to Marshall. Which gives him two options on the two premium options on the bench that he can loop across a lot of uh, across every line. So he's playing for he's playing with overall. He says you know he's not in the the top echelon, but he does is uh, focusing on his overall rank. So at the moment he's leaning towards option B, and I think I'd probably agree. It makes sense at this time of year to have the flexibility in point scoring.
0: I'm leaning towards option B as well, especially if that 102k player that he brings in is Jai Cully.
1: Yes, yes, that works.
0: I think we solved it. We solved the puzzle. I think I, I think we've got a winner here. Jai Josh, Cully, you that was <laughs> Jai Cully, Rowan Marshall. Do that one option B. Lock it, lock, lock it in. Lock it in, Eddie. Yep, that's the answer. Don't need to find a friend. That was a good question. That was a great
1: question. There's a lot. You know what?
0: All the questions this week,
1: winners. It's been a good week. It has but been a
0: good week. Should we move on to tips and captains, Damo? Yeah, we should. Start it's Friday night at Marvel stadium. The Tigers take on the Dockers. I am, I'm putting the vice captaincy on Andrew Brayshaw.
1: Damo, I say this with all the love in the world. I don't think there is a viable captain option in this game.
0: I don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, um, no, no, I, okay. Talk me through it. S- sell me on Andy. Richmond don't shut down opposition midfields as well as they should. I, they don't tag. So I think that someone like Andrew Brayshaw... I wouldn't be surprised if people even put the vice captaincy on Will Brody as well. Because I think that those two players could potentially produce some big scores.
1: I think I like Brody more than Brayshaw, just because I think every single time I have vice-captain Andy Brayshaw, it has not worked out for me.
0: Let me tell you a story about the weekend. So (laughs) I was sitting at home and I get a message. It comes through. It's It's from, it's from Azza. Just before the Sydney game begins, it's a picture of the sea. So the gold, the gold, the gold border around Andrew Brayshaw. I responded with, I responded with a thumbs up because, you know, sure. (laughs) At quarter time, I see a message from Lekdog in our big Jock Reynolds group chat. Is Brayshaw still alive? <laughs> Azza, what have you done?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're blaming la- last week's result on the on Azza's curse.
0: I'm not blaming the result of the game. I'm I'm blaming the poor score.
1: Yeah. Um which is, as a side note, uh, listeners, we will need the community um, post-season. We will all be getting together to have some kind of super coach seance, uh, a super seance, if you will, to help Azza for going into the BBL season. Um, we, we need to get we need to get this curse off him. He's a good boy and he doesn't deserve this, uh, some kind of witch curse.
0: Yeah, if he's traded in a player this year, they've gotten injured at some point or another. So I am shitting my Dax about players that we both share, especially considering I don't have any trades on the run home. Anyway, moving (laughs) to the next game. North uh, Melbourne um, host Blundstone Arena. um, Did I say North Melbourne host Blundstone Arena? North Melbourne are at Blundstone Arena hosting the Hawks. Yeah. They beat Richmond last week and they looked good.
1: I wish I had the trades to ruin my team by bringing in LDU.
0: He has he's running to some awesome form. I'm gonna back in North Melbourne to win again.
1: I have also tipped North Melbourne, mostly because it would be funny. It's funny that they beat Richmond. It's gonna be funny when they beat Hawthorne.
0: How awful would it be, like to win last week? David Noble's probably sitting on his couch watching the footy. He probably actually, he probably is not. He's probably sick of footy for the moment. But he probably sees the result and then watches a replay and then goes. And that's what I've been trying to get them to do all this time. Like, How could they? It must be frustrating to be a sacked coach watching your team win the next week. It happens almost every week, but it must be frustrating.
1: I think, as they're actually pointed out, that historically, the last time North Melbourne sacked their coach and then played Richmond, they won as well.
0: That is scary. North Melbourne. North Melbourne. Next game, Sydney against Adelaide at the SCG. Um, this one is also at 11.45 on Saturday because the AFL uh. can't do fixturing. I will tip Sydney in this one. And Callum Mills would be a good option because Adelaide refused to tag even though Ben Keys is there. Roy Laird is also a solid and reliable option as well.
1: I think Rory Laird for the VC again this week makes the most sense and Sydney are going to win anyway.
0: Heading west, but not too far west. Port Adelaide take on Geelong at the Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide are trying to get into the eight. I don't think it's going to happen. But they're, well, making, you know a good, they're making a good go of it. Um, you know the
1: rule. Once you start CPI, you can't stop until a <laughs> medical professional takes over. And it's the same with Port Adelaide's season.
0: I'm I don't know if I tipped the last game, I'm tipping Sydney. Um tipping Geelong in this game.
1: Uh yeah, look, it look. Hurts me that they're keeping that top spot from us because they're playing real good football and it's by God, it's a really good football. Geelong have just oh, it's why doesn't mine look like that uh, when I watch Melbourne play and especially that Geelong game, I'm still having nightmares about they're gonna win this easily. Um, captain options, none jump out at me for this game.
0: No, none jump out at me either, so we'll move Maybe on Jeremy to... Maybe Jeremy Cameron,
1: if you, if you expect him to kick at
0: six goals and get 20 touches again. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, next game, Saturday night, Q Clash. The Lions take on the Suns at the Gabba. Gold Coast... We're playing well until last week and Took Miller said they need to turn up and yes, yes you do. But you also need to play football as well. <laughs>
1: <That's> so stupid.
0: <laughs> I'm tipping Brisbane in this. I can't trust Gold Coast. No, uh,
1: Brisbane <laughs> I I love Gold Coast. I want them to make finals. They're such
0: good boys. There's so many great things about Gold Coast. I will Brisbane's say this though. Still win. I, I, I I I will say this. If Gold Coast win, I won't be surprised. Oh I'll, yeah, I'll look at my phone, see the result, and go, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, it's it's just kind of you look at you go,
0: "Huh." <laughs> yeah,
1: like you're you're immediately accepting. And the other thing being that Brisbane have been like, it like they're third on the ladder. But I still don't have, like, a quality read on what kind of team Brisbane are. I don't know if that's, like, part of the, like, rolling fixture has kind of just mucked them a bit because their opponent quality has been up and down. But it's, I still don't, like, are they really a top four team? Who knows? Like, it's, it's been, yeah, Gold Coast could easily just, it like Took said, they turn up,
0: they turn up, they show out. And this rolling fixture has been really strange for them as well because they played the Giants last week and then when they played them, like, what, six weeks beforehand as well? Hmm. So it was a really short turnaround between games where they played the Giants and... AFL, what are you doing? Fix your your fixtures. No more floating fixture, please. Back to Marvel Stadium, the Western Bulldogs take on Melbourne. Hopefully, we don't see a reporter sacked out of this game. <laughs> I'm tipping Melbourne, though. Was that... Did that happen in round one? That that was round one. That feels
1: like a lifetime ago that that...
0: Yeah, uh... no, it feels like last year. Let's not talk about it any further. Um, I'm tipping <laughs> Melbourne.
1: I I want. I, I'm planning to be at this game. But I also don't want to be sad. So, um, I don't... Look, it depends on which Melbourne turn up. There is... We've been throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I think. Um, I have my own personal views on what's been going wrong, which is kicking it high and long. If you've watched my Twitter stream during the Melbourne games, I think I've tweeted once a week for the last, like, four weeks, please stop kicking it high and long, because Ben Brown is not gonna outmark five defenders, which is basically always the pack mark. Bailey Fridge does not take pack marks, and Tom McDonald is out for another six to eight weeks. Still. So when we do well, we use like Cozzy Pickett, Charlie Spargo, Toby Bedford, Neil Bullen, Harms, like those guys going to the half. All right, stop. You've convinced
0: forward. me. I'll tip the Bulldogs then.
1: Yeah. If if we use those guys going into the half forward, I think Melbourne are a much better team, and I think it's we're going like they need to get rid of those bad habits and Bulldogs will punish Melbourne. Like they will punish us for all of our mistakes. It's gonna be very much we need to show growth and I will stop talking about the game now. Sorry. All right. Getting drawn um, into it. Melbourne
0: by three goals. Fine, I'll i t- I'll tip the Bulldogs. Um Bontempelli. Clayton on, Oliver should be back. Yeah, Bontempelli, Oliver McRae, McRae. Dunkley. You know the people that you can captain in this game. On Sunday, Carlton take on the Giants. This fixture must give dog nightmares.
1: <laughs> that's going to be, a, that's surely going to be a massacre. Which but way, I don't know though? for who. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope Carlton win. I hope Carlton give GWS a taste of their own medicine.
1: Yeah, look, I think Carlton should comfortably win this. They're just playing a lot better. GWS have kind of fallen off. Josh Kelly, I think, is out.
0: With concussion, um, yep.
1: With concussion, uh, which is terrible for my team. Um, (sighs) Sam Walsh, I guess, I'd probably say, would be a good option.
0: Lockie Ash does tag, though. So, Sam Walsh could have a bad week, meaning Cripps has a good week. George Hewitt could have a bad week. Who knows? And... Most importantly, Damo, the Himmelberg train rolls on another hundred, baby, another ton. Continues to roll on, and he's playing well as well. Ah, uh, next game on Sunday, Collingwood is against Essendon. Essendon, fresh off that fantastic Sammy Draper goal, I want to see that yeah. again. I want to. I want that on replay. Just keep on going. That was good football. I'm actually tipping Essendon in this game.
1: My heart says Essendon. But my brain also says Essendon. Let's go, baby. Let's go.
0: I I said this after last week's game against Adelaide. If they were against a better team the last two weeks, I don't think Collingwood would have won.
1: You think you could... Is... Damo, now... I don't mean to call it a but are and, you saying... And, 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 and
0: I know that saying stuff like that is like, and if my auntie had wheels, she'd be a bicycle, but... <laughs> my,
1: my nan has wheels, she'd be a bike, yes. Um, are you calling them flat track bullies, Damo?
0: You they have, they've had a very good run in, of the fixture.
1: Oh, diplomatic.
0: I'll say it. Flat track bullies. Collingwood, what are you doing? But it's based on where they finished last season. So, yes, they're going to get an easier fixture because they finished where they finished last season. Finishing top of the ladder or, or, clo- or in the top echelon of the of the ladder this year means they'll get a harder fixture next year. Next year, we will see if Collingwood are the real deal.
1: I can't make any more excuses for Collingwood. They use them all on Jordan Ngoi.
0: And moving on. Final game to end the round is West Coast against St. Kilda. St. Kilda will be hoping that they score well and use the football better than they did against the Bulldogs. For Mardo's sake, I am tipping St. Kilda.
1: Yeah. Mardo, you need this more than we do. Um, But look, St. Kilda have to improve sometime. West Coast, uh, I'd... West Coast or West West Coast of 2022. It's been a nightmare year for West Coast supporters. Um,
0: let's go. And I don't like captaining in the last game of the round, but against West Coast and your vice-captaincy didn't do what he needed to do earlier in the round, Jack Steele. Yeah. I Jack Steele's an exception this week because... What about Jack Sinclair? Will the ball be down that end of the ground enough?
1: Hmm.
0: I mean. That is the only issue I have with picking Jack Sinclair. If you force enough
1: clearances, then <laughs> the intercept points are all for grabs, baby.
0: I think Jack Steele, if you're going to put the captaincy on someone in the final game of the round, Jack Steele, I wouldn't feel comfortable on anyone else in this game.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, 100% agreed. Brings us to the end of the round.
0: And to the end of the podcast. So, answered all your questions, giving you our captaincy tips and our tips for the round. Clarky, thanks again for your company.
1: It's always a pleasure. We're a, we're a great team.
0: We'll be back again for round 20 next week as the Supercoach League finals begin. Until then, get your questions in using the Jock mailbag hashtag, and we will talk to you again soon.